as I was beginning to say earlier, everyone's received bad instructions before. Uh, and, and I know that that, uh, that that happened to Valley and I just recently. We were in New Jersey, Will's wedding. And we decided to go to uh, a mall, King of Prussia Mall. Okay, So we, just, we have this cute little device that most of you ha- also have. I, I'm kind of, we were late on that. But the GPS and the little Garmin, and we punched in. We found it, okay, King of Prussia Mall. And we took this really interesting route. Of course, we didn't know where we were going. We were just, it said, turn left, turn left. We turn right, we turn right. Go 15 miles, turn left. Okay, that's what we were doing. And um, we were going to the King of Prussia Mall. I was going to buy a piece of electronics. And, and we went by houses. We went by uh, beautiful forested areas and, and, and farms. And, and we looked and we pulled into this parking lot of a pork barbecue place. And Garmin said, you're here! <laughs> and we weren't there. Obviously, we weren't there. So we, 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 we rebooted and, and did some other things. I remember a passage, uh, or not a passage, but a story about a guy who uh, had just gone into this town. But anyway, this gentleman was, was heading down the road. He was looking for a particular house. He was in a, a little southern town, and so he, he didn't know where he was. Uh, so he pulled into a local service station, and, and an old guy with the, with, with, with the coveralls. You remember the, co- not the coveralls, but this, the, the, the bibbed overalls. So that's kind of common down in South Carolina where we used to pastor. And the guy came out and kind of leaned on the side of the car, stuck his head in. And, he, and the gentleman asked for directions, and, and the guy kind of reared back, slipped his baseball cap off to the side and scratched his head, and, he's, and he pointed down the road. He said, look, go down two miles and turn left where the old schoolhouse used to be. <laughs> Sometimes the instructions that we get are not so good. <laughs> okay, all right, so that went over well. I want to talk about the Word of God, okay? I'm starting a series today, and we call it the We Believe series. Um, and it's important to know what we believe, okay? What, uh, you know, not just what the pastor believes, but what the, the, the community of faith believes. Uh, and today, uh, the, the title is simply, God, We Believe That God Won't Steer You Wrong, okay? Does that make sense to you? That God won't steer you wrong. And uh, as, as, I look at the, as I look at some of my notes... Um, I recognize that it's pretty important to find the, to get the right directions whether or not it, it may be that you're just going down the street to get a pizza uh, perhaps it's, a, it's the beginning of a new year you're a, school, you're a student, you're in school and you don't want to look like a doofus trying to find your class right? and you're asking for directions it's important that you get uh, the good directions or whether you're going for an appointment here in town or out of town medical or a professional or personal appointment uh, and how about just living life successfully okay we get directions don't we we get instructions from a variety of, of sources from people some from friends from uh, you know their books you just you go to Barnes and Noble there's they've got a whole section on how to do things and how to be things. Now, whether it's, whether it's in the social sciences or the, the do-it-yourself kind of there's instructions out there, and, and hopefully when we get the right instructions, we have success in life, right? Okay. Now, there's a lot of voices out there in the world. How many of us know that? 
There are a lot of people, there are a lot of people in organizations that are trying to tell us how to do and what to do. Okay? Um, one, you know, most of you don't remember, well, most, many of you remember when we didn't have cable TV. Okay? Yeah, and there was three channels. If you could pick them up. Okay? I'm moving rabbit ears. Anybody understand that? Okay. Uh, <laughs> but now we've got 100, and gaz- 100 gazillion channels, right? Maybe some of you don't. Maybe you've gone off the grid and you're just reading books, which is fine. But many of us have 100 gazillion channels. And, and because of that, there's only so many things you can watch. Only so many things. So, so we have the advent of reality shows and all the other stuff. And lots of do-it-yourselves. There's lots of information out there telling us what and how to do it. There's even, like, like the History Channel is always doing things on the Bible. Anybody re- watch any of this stuff? Scary. Scary. That, that, and we've got to be careful that we don't take our theological understanding from, from a channel that also talks about ancient a- aliens, okay? Okay? I mean, if, if that's your resource, you're going to fail, okay? It's like, I, I've been through lots of schooling, and, and, and you know, it's like if one of the things that you don't do uh, when you're, you're writing a paper and, and making a reference to a source, Wikipedia is not a source, not a, not, a, not a solid source, nor, is, nor, nor are things like the History Channel. There's lots of stuff out there, and know this, that it's, there's no such thing as an amoral situation. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual powers and principalities in high places. Uh, and and you know, it's, it's simply the truth. There is no neutral ground here. There are people who think they're on neutral ground, but in reality, Jesus said, unless you gather with me, you scatter. Okay? Does, I mean, that's pretty clear. One of the things about Jesus is that he, uh, he, he, he draws it out. He's extremely exclusive. In spite of, in spite of the, 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 the bigger sense of the church, when I say the, the church in big sense, uh, all the, the, the folks out there, in spite of many of those people who would say, well, you know, let's, let's just include, Jesus was very exclusive. He drew some really thick lines, and he drew them in, 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 in permanent ink. And he said, on this side, you follow me. Anyone else scatters. Now, I know that that's not a popular message, but simply true. Simply true. Okay. Now, like I said, there were many messages. And from the very beginning, there have been those who have hated God's word. Okay? Now, and those who oppose it either try to twist it or discount its truth. And we find this in Genesis from the very beginning. We see the father of lies speaking to, to, to uh, Eve. And he said, hey, this is a great, this, this fruit, it's, it's good to eat. Go ahead and eat it. It's, 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 and, and, and she said, look, God said that if I touch this, I'm going to die. And the enemy said, you shall not surely die. But if I read back earlier, God said that if you eat of this, you'll die. Okay? Always twisting. Always trying to, in a sense, co-opt or de- deteriorate what God has said. Now, oh, down through the ages, I'm, I'm, this is kind of a long introduction, but down through the ages, we had not only pagan kings, but Jewish kings who were not necessarily on God's side. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't Manasseh, it was Je- Jehoshaphat or somebody, they were rejecting God's messages, and they always seemed to not only reject the message, but they wanted to kill the messenger. Does that make sense? 
Diocletian in the Roman Empire. During the persecution, he ordered all the scriptures. He, he, he made a lot of orders. Tear down the buildings. Deceased having no more services. None of that. Burn all the books. Even the Roman church, and I'm not, I'm not busting on the Roman church, there were periods of time when, when, when they forbid people to have copies of Scripture. Yeah. The Jesuits burned over 60,000 copies of Scripture in 1637. They said things like, uh, it was not intended, the Bible was not intended to be written. It doesn't contain all truth. It's not understandable. And, and, and in more modern times, you have the philosophers of our, uh, of our nations, Voltaire, Thomas Paine, and, uh, and Robert Ingersoll, who simply said that, uh, you know, that, that the Bible is irrelevant. The scriptures are irrelevant. Everything, can be know, everything that you know, know can be known by seeing what's revealed, okay? And so on and so forth. Today, and in, the, and, and in our history and in our memory... It is a crime in some countries to have a Bible, to have scriptures. There are many countries that are not open to... We had the Gideons fellow here just recently, right? Talked about distributing Bibles. And, and if, we, if some of us were old enough to remember when the Gideons would come to our, our churches, or not to our churches, to our schools, and give out Bibles, and we get scramble for these little things, okay? We don't do that anymore. Not allowed. Huh? China... You can only get Bibles from approved sources. Certainly can't bring them in, not legally. Through and 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 some many of the Muslim countries, they're they're either going to they they're, they're, they they range from you can't have one to only the only the foreigners who are here can have their own Bible and have a private have a private relationship with God. On North Korea. Verboten. So, all over the world. Now, now, now it's, it's interesting. And we could go back to Nazi Germany and talk about some of the things and how they burnt the scriptures. And they just, just destroyed things. And, and, and here's, here's the one thing that I would simply say is that, that there is a connection to all this. Like I said at the beginning of our service, at the beginning of, of, of these few words that I'm saying, that, that, that Satan has always been against this, against God's word. But we believe that God won't steer you wrong, that we do, that we do wrestle against, against principalities and powers in high places. And if you don't, if you're, if you're not on, go ahead and just say, if you're not on Jesus' side, you're in, you're in, you're in, in deep trouble and under the influence of the enemy. Just some, just some things I'll share with you, okay? I submit to you that the Bible, the scriptures, are God's word to us. And that we can trust them to guide us through, to guide us through our lives and into the next life. Okay? I submit that to you. That we can trust God's word. As I was... You know, I, I know I had a sermon up here, and I'm standing there. And God, what, what can I tell these people? He says, tell them they can trust me. Tell them they can trust my word. So I guess, I guess in, in some frame of the mind, someone would say, well, pastor, you're done. <laughs> Just sing and go home. 
but I have some more things to say. And, and essentially, 2 Timothy, the third chapter. Let me, let, let's, 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 let's get into some of this. I think I have that here. Verses 10. Now, Paul speaking to Timothy, who is a young, kind of a, uh, is a protege, okay? A ministry protege. He says, uh, now you followed my teaching, now you followed my teaching and conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, perseverance, persecutions and sufferings, such as happened to me at Antioch. In other words, he says, you witnessed this. You're aware of this. You're aware of the things that happened to me. And what persecutions I endured. And out of them all, the Lord rescued me. Now he's reminding Timothy of these things. You've got to get this picture. Indeed, he says, indeed all who live godly, who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So expect it. You know, why would, why would those who, who want to live godly in Christ and submit themselves to God, why would they suffer persecution? On the very uh, surface, you'd say, well, boy, you know? And, and let, me, let me put it this way. I mean, I'm not glorifying myself, but once I gave my heart to Christ, I quit lying to people, okay? I quit doing a lot of things that were not good for me and, and really caused problems with other people. Didn't steal, didn't cheat, didn't lie, paid my taxes, all these kinds of things that, you know, you, most of us say, well, hey, it's good citizen, Joe citizen, good thing, you know. Yet why, if a, if a person followed that line of living because of the influence of Christ in their heart, why would that cause persecution? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't, I'll tell you, but it does make sense because there is an undercurrent. There's, if we pull the curtain back on spiritual things, we recognize that, that the enemy, Satan, is, is alive and well. And he knows. And we've sung, and we've, we've talked about this morning, we've talked about the chains being taken off. The Word of God promotes and provides the story and the truth. See, the enemy wants to destroy us. So, of course, he doesn't want you to know that Jesus died for your sins. He doesn't want you to believe that you can have salvation. He doesn't want you to believe that, uh, that, that you can have joy and fullness in the Holy Spirit. He doesn't want you to know that you're the son, that you're the son and, or that you're the daughter of the Most High God. And because of that, uh, every, all the promises of God are yes and amen to you. In Christ Jesus. He doesn't want you to know that because ultimately he has come to kill, steal, and destroy. Indeed, all who live godly in Christ Jesus, who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus, will be persecuted. But evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. You, however, continue in the things that you've learned. He's speaking to Timothy again. And become convinced of knowing from whom you have have learned them. You, you've learned them from me, Paul is saying. And that from a childhood you have known the sacred writings, the scriptures, which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God, or God breathed. Now you catch this inspired. I love that word. I see, because it's more than just, okay, he said, okay, uh, uh, Ezekiel, write this. Just write this. It's just kind of like this is the message. It's, there's more to it than that. 
Can I say that? There's way more to it than that. And here's the picture that you see. You see God, and I want to take you to what I believe is a related connection here. Take you back to Genesis, and, and God, God put all this stuff together, and it was Adam. And the last thing he did before Adam became who we, we understand him to be is he breathed life into him. Okay? And so, when we, and so he became a living, thinking entity. And the father of all humanity, right? That's how we understand it. There is life. There is something special. There's something living in the breath of God. We see it again in the book of John when Jesus is standing with his, with his disciples and he blew on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. And most people say, oh, that was symbolic. On the day of Pentecost, it says there was a sound of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues of fire, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. It's the breath of God. It's the breath of God giving new life, a substantive life that does something and, and has connections and, re, and, and, and responses in our lives. And he says, the word of God, all scripture in this passage is inspired or God breathed and is profitable for teaching, reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness so that the man of God may be adequate for, and equipped for every good work. Now, let me, let me just play a little bit more with this God breathed thing. <clears throat> Jesus in describing uh, the life in the spirit he said something like this in the third chapter of the book of John. He said, you know, the spirit, the, the wind blows where it wants to, but, and, you, and, and you hear the sound thereof, but you don't know, okay? It's kind of like this. We, we, have you ever seen the wind? No, you've never seen the wind. It's invisible. But you see the effects of the wind. Okay? And so is everyone who is born of the spirit. You get that? The Holy Spirit comes in, and there is, a, is, you might say, a secondary kind of response. I know you've changed because you don't act the same way that you used to. I know that, 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 that you know, how many young people have given their hearts to Christ in, in youth service or something like that, and they go home. Uh, we, had one on, we had one who testified here. She goes home, and, and mom and dad are saying, hmm, you've changed, kid. You've changed. And, and, and in the world, we say, well, I'm going to go out and get a, a self-help book. And I'm going to, you know, 66 days, I'm going to establish some new, uh, new, new habits, right? 21 days, 60, it depends on, you know, I'm going to do that and then I'm going to change myself. How many have been as successful at that? <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you who's being successful, the people who are selling the books. But I want you to know that when the Holy Spirit comes in and we hear His word and we, and, and, and we know of His love and, and we're drawn to that and we, 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 we find ourselves simply saying yes to Him when he, when he pushes at us, when He says, look, I want this part of your life. We, we see that secondary thing. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. You see, because God begins to do things. and Parents are looking at their kids saying, boy, you've changed. Husbands are looking at their, their spouses and their wives and saying, you've changed. I'm not sure I like it, but you've changed. I mean, I've seen that, right? 
Wives looking at their husband says, you've changed. I'm out. I'm checking out. You've changed. And it was really God working in you. God inspired. Uh, the scriptures are God inspired. Let me, let me give you another anecdotal thing. I remember years ago, I, I was just a, just a young kid. I was 20 years old. I wanted to live for, I wanted to live for God. I'm just, how do I do this? And one of the other guys came home from Bible college, and, and he was talking about, boy, you know, look, I started reading 10 chapters of the Word of God a day. All of a sudden, God began to speak to me. And I, and I wanted that. I wanted that. So, so I, I grabbed my Bible, and, and sometimes I was just blasting through it. I'm not even sure I remembered much of what I was reading when I'm doing 10. Just, you know, just, you know, especially when you get into those long chapters, 119 of Psalms, you know. So I got it. Okay, you come up that. That one counts as one. <laughs> but here's, here's what I found. As I read, as I spent more time reading, I found that my mind always had a tendency to lean toward God all the time. I found an internal uh, peace that began to kind of like, it was like a secondary evidence because I had received. Now, this is not that strange. The scripture is spoken of as the word. The sower went out to sow, and he sowed some here and he sowed some there, and it produced something. When the word of the scripture, the Bible tells us that God's word will not return void. And that when it is planted in you, when, could I say intentionally, when you begin to to feast upon God's word, when you begin to take this into you, God is going to do something different in you. Simply does it. See, there's power in his word. And people like Khrushchev, people, did that name go by a lot of people? (laughs) Stalin, Lenin, uh, people, uh, Mao Zedong, all of those people who would ban the Word of God, they understand the power of the Word of God more than many Christians do. To the degree that they would burn it and destroy it and make it, uh, make it uh, unlawful for, for, you, for you and I to even have it. See, it was, you know, the, the disciples were looking for Jesus to go into to, to, to Jerusalem, kick out, the, raise up an army of zealots, kick out the Romans, and resurrect a, a worldly kingdom. But what Jesus did was he planted the seeds of a kingdom inside the hearts of men, and it began to grow. <laughs> it couldn't be stamped out. It had no borders. There were no buildings to destroy. Because God was doing, making the change in the world, one soul, one person at a time. Does that make sense? It was through his word, the power of his word. Just a couple things here. For this reason, in 1 Thessalonians, the second chapter, for this reason, we also constantly thank God that when you receive the word of God. Do we not have this? We have no passion? Okay. First Thessalonians 2. We have this? First Thessalonians 2, verse 13. Uh, this, for this reason, we also th- constantly thank God for when, he, when, when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of, word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God, which is, which is also perform, able to perform its work in you who believe. Now, did you catch that? 
Now, I, I'm certainly not going to put preaching on the same level as the written word of God. But there are times when he takes you know, things that he'll, he'll take. He'll take a sermon such as this and give it life when it hits your ears. <laughs> How humbling is that? How humbling is that for me? Or any pastor, hopefully. To stand up here, not even having prepared some of the things that come out. And as the, and, and you know, this is the humility, not, not the humiliating, but the humbling thing that God would, would use you, would use me. You know, the interesting thing is he always chose to do that. So whenever people say, well, the Bible was written by me, God always chooses to use you, chooses to use me. From the very foundations of the world, seldom did he just send an angel. Every once in a while. But he always left our hands involved in it. Now, there's a couple of ways that... Now, let me, let me throw this out to you. D.L. Moody. Anybody hear D.L. Moody? He said this. The scriptures were not given for our information, but for our transformation. Okay? You know, uh, we, we need to move beyond. That's really an interesting book. To That book really changed my life. We've got to move from from just the whole mental thing to the heart thing. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Here, here's, what the, here's, what, here's what that Timothy says. That the, the Word of God, as we, as we have it in our hands, um, it's, it says it's profitable for doctrine. That's an interesting word. But basically, the Bible teaches us what we need to know about God and how to live. Okay? It teaches us how to live. It also teaches us what the will of God is. And it also teaches us that we can know the heart and the mind of God. Jesus said to his followers, he says, uh, they were saying, show us the Father, show us the Father. And he said, have you, he said, have you been so long with me and you don't recognize God? It, he who sees me sees the Father. We find that in his word. Also, and when it comes to teaching, the scripture is our standard of te- for testing everything that claims to be true when it comes to humanity, salvation. Say, for instance, you know, we, we practice the gifts of the Holy Spirit here, don't we? And one of, every once in a while, someone, there will be a prophetic word that comes. Or a, 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 a tongue and an interpretation. All of those things are, are held up against the standard of the existing Word of God. Does that make sense? Those who have no standard or, to where that, or, or in places where that standard has deteriorated, almost anything goes. We look at, we look at ch- church communities today. That simply have walked away from a, a, a more literal understanding of the Word of God, and look at what's happening. Their founda- the Word of God is our foundation. It's foundational. You begin to tear that apart, the walls will not stand. 
And sometimes things are dead before, they, before you recognize they're dead. Okay? I looked at, uh, if you go to, to many, even, let, me, let me just use this church. In, 19, in the late 60s, late 60s every, you know, it was standing room only, at least from the, the thing that I gathered. But I could look back and see where things were sick. But the people didn't know it because they looked around, they saw everybody was there. Must be okay, must be healthy. It's a little bit like when Jesus, when Jesus was coming out of the temple. When Jesus was coming out of the temple and his disciples said, Jesus, look, isn't this beautiful? This is like Italian marble. Didn't say it that way. I mean, this is like, this is the best Home Depot had. And Jesus, and, and Jesus, you, you, someone said, he's such a killjoy. He says, there won't be one stone left on another. Because he could look beyond the, the, the physical appearance of things and how the big buildings were and understand that there was a sickness inside, that the foundations had been broken, that there was no true, honest connection with, between the people and God. His word directs us in those, in those ways. Another passage of Scripture. Well, in this passage of Scripture, the, the Word of God also does, it helps us in rebuking. Okay? Um, wherever God's Word is received, believed, and obeyed as a final authority in our lives, things are good. But how many of us know that sometimes we don't stay on the path? Okay? We don't stay on the path. It's kind of a, a, kind of a, a human feeling, isn't it? Uh, and it's, we even sing about it. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Paul said it this way. He said the thing. Can I just kind of like paraphrase that? He says, it frustrates me. The things that I know that God wants... I can't do. And the things I know that he has difficult, that he, that he doesn't want in my life, I can't help myself. Anybody been there? See? So we wrestle. We wrestle, even though we have the word of God. Some say, well, it's just too hard. I'm just going to... I had one fellow. Yeah. There's, there's a couple of ways to handle when God, when God is rebuking you or reproving you and saying, okay, your activity, the way you're living is wrong. Okay? There's a couple of ways to handle that. You can simply get on your face and say, God, help me in my unbelief. Forgive me of my sins. The scripture tells us when we do that, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and strengthen us, right? Okay? Fills us with his Holy Spirit because we come to come to him in weakness and humility. There's another way to handle that, and I've seen that also. I remember I had a young man that, that had gender issues. You, you, I, don't, I don't need to go any deeper in that. And, uh, and he liked to dress in accordance with his issues. And I laid out the word of God. I said, I love you, man, but this is, this is the way it's got to be, and this is, this is God's word. And it's just, you know, you, just, you fall on God, and, and I know you're wrestling with this stuff, but... But his response was, I'm going to go find a church that believes how I do. 
Moody said, it is, it, the, the Word of God is there not, to, not only to inform, but to transform us. We need transformation. Sin has come into the world and has left its scar on so many people. And Jesus is there to transform us and take away our sin and to move us in the right direction. I've got more, but I'm not going to go there. Okay? Could I have some musicians, please? Your choice, Zach. Your choice. We've got a few minutes before the hour and want to give you a chance. Want to give you a chance if you, you know, if you want to respond to anything that God is speaking to your heart. Okay? Okay? You know, um, I've got some things to say. I want to finish the sermon tonight. Tonight's at 6 o'clock. Did I say 6? Is it 6? Six o'clock. Tonight at six. I'm going to finish this and, and talk about some of the things that we've got to do, some of the things that, that can, can help us in our faith and living and growing in Christ. But perhaps suffice to say to, for you to, to, to know today that you can trust the Word of God that you have. Maybe you don't have a Bible. If you, if you don't have a Bible, there's some in these pews. Take it. Take it. We'll replace those. You know, if you've got a Bible, don't take one. Okay, leave it for somebody who doesn't. Um, every year, about this time, I start reading again from the beginning or, or some some plan. I want to talk a, a little bit more about that tonight. Oh, but let me challenge you. There are many words, there are many voices out there, but there's really only that. Uh, you know, no matter if it comes from Voltaire. Thomas Paine or any of those people or, or, or Mousy doesn't matter the enemies behind that it's just the word of God is we want to get rid of it if it wasn't true if it wasn't real it would have no power have no power God's word is true God's word is real stand with me please and he says come to me all you who labor are heavy laden and I will give you rest don't know what your need is this morning. It's almost, it's almost afternoon, but still morning. I don't know what your need is this morning, but I, I, as we worship, as we, before we close our service, I want you to know that God has something for you. All you have to do is ask for it. Okay? No, if you come around these altars and for whatever reason to pray, to talk to God, just to spend time with him, or if you're here and you're wrestling with illness, a lot of illnesses right now, this, this flu thing is going around. You know, no one's going to bother you, but just come and lay this stuff out before God and say, look, look God, I, I need something. I need something. As we worship, these altars are open for you, for prayer, for healing, for deliverance, for salvation. This is your place. This is for you. A place of, a place of uh, surrender before God. Let's worship.